Merry Christmas! We cannot sing any more of that song. We do not have the money to pay for that. If my keys were closer, I would have jingled that. That's a good idea. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, welcome, uh, loyal listeners, to another episode of uh, what is the name of this? It's called the Best of All Possible Podcast. <laughs> 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 Uh, I'm gonna get myself some ginkgo for Christmas. Um, I am your host, Robert Weathers, and we here uh, at Panglossian Productions have a love for, you know it, the weird. We love the unproduced and underproduced, and of course we love 10-minute plays. And this is a podcast dedicated to bringing you a new 10-minute play on a cold read every week, and it just so happens that it just turned Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas, Yay. everyone! <laughs> Here to help uh, to help me read this play this week, I have just to my right. Welcome back, Josie Arco. Hey, Joe. Yes. So uh, you were not uh, last week. You were here, but you were not sitting to my right. So you get the first question this week, Joe. All right. Uh, the question being somewhat tangentially related to the play that we're about to read. Do you remember the last time that you sat on Santa's lap? The last time I sat on Santa's lap. I have to imagine there was a time in college that even in the present moment, I only, in a fuzzy way, remember sitting on uh, Santa's yeah, lap. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way, yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember sitting on Santa's lap uh, ever at all outside of my, my youth, but there's no way that it didn't happen at some college party. I, I I will say we did one one year, my sophomore year, we found a giant wreath, like five foot tall wreath. And now uh, this was outside near a dumpster. We thought they were getting rid of it. So we went around to the different dorms and sang carols and I had a Santa hat on. We got in a lot of trouble. Apparently we stole it from the church. Oh, now, that's good. Now why they had it propped up against their dumpster, I don't know. <laughs> Well, that sounds like you're just asking for it. That's, that's tempting people into sin. That, that's that's, that's that double one. jeopardy, right? Is that, was that, is that the right use of that? <laughs> but I had a Santa hat on the times at the time, so that's why I thought this was appropriate. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you back here uh, with us uh, today, Joe. And uh, joining us also are two other very fine actors. Off to my farther right, we have the return of James Jim Dwyer. Welcome back, Jim. Hello. When's the last time you sat on Santa's lap, Jim? Do you remember? I never sat on Santa's lap. Never <laughs> once. Claus Virgin. Right? <laughs> oh my! Do not. Yeah, it's it's a little creepy. To yeah, me. You know, I I have to agree. I think yes. that out outside of the context of the ch of childhood innocence, it is a little weird. <laughs> Who are those guys? <laughs> oh, come on, Jim. You know the mall's vetting them well, right? 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 <laughs> oh, it's, got, it's great to have you back on uh, back on the podcast. And to my left, joining us, we also have Liz Thomas. Welcome, Liz. What about you, Liz? You you remember sitting on Santa's lap down in North Carolina? No, I actually, I am also a Claus version. Um, I remember as a kid, uh, there was 
basically there was Santa Claus, and then about ten feet away from Santa was the dessert table. So mm. I had my priority. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So <laughs> everybody else was in line for Santa. I was going over and stealing some brownies. I feel like I childhood like me right would not understand, but adult me is right there with you. No, I, I, I stand by my game. decision. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the long term in my head. Yeah, but yeah, it, it did. It did always seem a bit strange. Of like, go sit on this person's lap. Even though we teach you about stranger danger, it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can wear your red suit. Don't worry about it. Okay. So, so am I the only one really offering up my my? You know, so I I I went to adulthood. I've made up for everybody else here. <laughs> well, I don't remember in my adulthood sitting on Santa's lap, but there is a photo of me at Bush Gardens two years ago sitting on the Easter Bunny's lap. <laughs> and that's that's probably less creepy because his entire head was covered, so I have no idea what was going on under there. <laughs> and that that should have been saved for the the Easter episode, also, though. You're right, but you know, just this is just to say, I know oh, that man. you uh, who are listening at home can't see this, but I'm a 300 pound man. <laughs> Chances are pretty good that if he was doing anything under there, it was wincing. <laughs> anyway, so, we're gonna read a play. How's that sound? <laughs> the play that we're gonna read this week on this very fine Christmas day is Psycho Santa. But it's actually, it's, it's actually Psycho Santa, because there's a question mark, as you can see at the end of it, by Vivian C. Lerman. And uh, you guys are going to help me read this today. So for those of you who are listening at home, this is a cold read. The actors have not seen this script before. They don't even know who they're going to play, or rather they didn't before they just saw their script a moment ago. But uh, for you at home listening, uh, Joe, would you be so kind as to please read... I have Saul, right? Yes. Yeah, Saul, yes, Saul Rosenblum. Uh, he's described as a patient dressed in a Santa suit. Uh, Jim, would you please read Dr. K? Just, that's that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, he's described as middle aged or older. And Liz, will you please read Doctor Ramos, female, any age? I am timeless. Yes, you are. <laughs> the setting is a doctor's office in the psych a psychiatric clinic. The time is Christmas Eve. I will read the stage directions, ladies and gentlemen. Psycho Santa. The setting, a doctor's office, featuring a small sofa, side chair, and a small table. At the rise, Saul Rosenblum, dressed in a Santa suit, sits on the sofa. Dr. K rushes in, spies Saul, looks startled. Uh, I wasn't expecting to find a patient in here. That, Who are you? That should be obvious. Yes, you're wearing a Santa suit. What's your name? And when you're not uh, playing Santa? Playing? Oh, I use uh, Saul Rosenblum, an alias, you know, like Superman and Clark Kent. You're new here. I haven't seen you at the clinic before. Seen me? I've been around here for years. I practically live here. I'm Dr. K. Where's Dr. Ramos? An emergency. She's tracking down an escapee from the third floor. How can I help you? I'm having an identity crisis. It's making me crazy. Here at the clinic, we don't like the word crazy. We like the word conflicted. Mm, yes, I'm conflicted. You are Saul Rosenblum. You're an actor dressed up as Santa, an actor playing a role. When the play is over, you strike the set. You call Christmas a play. Your role is playing Santa. 
You're paid to play, to entertain. I'm not playing. How long have you been uh, engaged in your Santa position? Hmm, since the 14th century. <laughs> so you also go by the alias of uh, Old St. Nick. Times change. The name Santa suits me. Yes, one must keep with the times. What do you do after Christmas? Do? I, uh, I suffer from OSAD, off-season anxiety depression. Ah, I understand. Post-holidays are hard for many people. But we eventually return to the normalcy of our lives. Normalcy? What is your off-season occupation? Supervisor. Ah, very good. Excellent. Uh, as Dr. Ramos would say, we uh, have now touched down in reality land. <laughs> of course. I supervise the elves at the North Pole. Yes, Mr. Rosenblum, <laughs> you have identified your problem as an identity crisis. I'm tired of pretending. Superb. That's the first step. Recognizing that you're delusional. Coming to terms with your misplaced identity. Hmm. So I should sack the Saul Act. No. <laughs> the Santa Charade. Have you considered, perhaps, uh, the roots of your conflicted reality? You sound like Dr. Ramos. It comes from years of working closely with her. Have you uh, considered a need to culturally divest yourself from your childhood Christmas experience? What experience? The need to feel connected to the social norms of the season. What kind of question is that? My perception is that your parents were not stalwart Presbyterians. Let's have a what-would-Santa-do moment, shall we? Yes, yes! Let's say your parents were called Benny and Edie Weinstein. And uh, they didn't celebrate Christmas in their house. No tree, no presents, uh, no nothing. Makes my heart ache. How do you think their kid felt? Isolated? Unloved? Exactly. That is my crisis. All the kids are special and I can't reach them. How would that make you feel if you were Santa? Pondered the question. Marginalized is the operative word here. So let me get hypothetical. <laughs> the spirit of Christmas is giving. <laughs> and some kids get to feel that spirit and some kids don't. What does that say about Santa and the spirit of Christmas? Well, uh, I'm some kind of schmuck, right? I talk the talk, but I don't walk the walk. The guy who promises but can't deliver. Rosaplum, you're being too hard on yourself. Indeed, every child deserves to feel the magic, but there is your answer. Your childhood memories of feeling excluded have found a perfect outlet in being a department store Santa. Not. Not what? I am Santa. You have a big heart. 
great guilt and a reality-based sense of rejection, Mr. Rosenblum. I'm sorry, but I need to cut our session short. It's Christmas Eve, after all. A sense of rejection. I am Santa, and I am loved. Dr. K ushers him out the exit. You are loved. Good night, Mr. Rosenblum, and Merry Christmas. Dr. K returns to his chair, fumbles in his pocket, extracts a cell phone, and punches in a number. My phone, my phone. Gotta call Kraus. Kraus. It's Chris Kringle here. Look, we've got to change our loadout and uh, take off schedule for tonight and rework our drop-off coordinates and... Dr. Ramos bursts through the door. Here you are, Mr. Weinstock. We were also worried about you. If you continue to be our third floor escape artist, there will be consequences. Dr. Ramos, you just missed him, the Santa imposter. Let's go back home to the third floor. You don't want to miss the party. Party? It's Christmas Eve, your favorite time of the year. Will there be presents for everybody? Of course, Mr. Weinstock, of course. Dr. Ramos gently leads him off stage. The end. All right, thanks everybody for uh, for joining in the read of Psycho Santa. Um, so now we're going to enter into the part of the show where we have a brief discussion about the play that we've just read. And I want to start with our two Santas. Uh, how do you how do you see these two guys comparing in appearance? Um, we know that one is in a Santa suit and that the other one is uh, presumably in a doctor's outfit. I don't remember if it said so or not. Um, but uh, how, how, do you, how do you envision them uh, embodying Kris Kringle at, in their respective ways? I'll start with you, Jeff. Um, I, I think with something like this, you, you kind of go one of two ways. You either steer into the Santa likeness or you steer harshly against the, the Santa likeness. Or maybe mm -hmm. not harshly against it, but if, if the initial uh, uh, image you're trying to convey is that uh, Saul is the mental patient, then having him clearly have a, a fake beard on and maybe being a little bit scrawnier uh, might be a way to go, um, as opposed to having him look exactly like it. I, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think, yeah, Jim? I'm trying to figure out who Saul is. Uh, could be the real Santa. Dr. K, clearly not, uh, mm -hmm. I suppose. So he could uh -huh. be, he could be <laughs> scrawny and obvious uh, fraud. Or you'd have them both round and jolly and uh, uh, mirroring, mirroring each other. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if uh, maybe we have this sort of uh, Tim Allen Santa Claus thing going on where he is transforming into Santa Claus, getting, you know, being, it is Christmas Eve in the play here, so he's getting into his... Uh, in his old saint nakedness, if you will. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was watching that movie last night. It is difficult <laughs> for me to divorce uh, what's going on right here. I'm so glad that that happened. What do you think, uh, what do you think, Liz, coming in, uh, or seeing this on the outside? What, how do you, how would you, uh, in your director's eye, uh, put these, pit these two against each other, either indifference or likeness? I mean, I think it would be interesting to have one that, uh, like Joe was saying, is clearly not Santa. Uh, like, the, the sort of scrawnier, the beard's kind of clipped on his ears, like, obviously hanging off. Like, obviously mm -hmm. fake, maybe, you know, 
polyester cotton. I'm getting this sort of Jack Skellington image sort of yeah, with the yeah, ears exactly. hanging well below the yeah, bottom exactly. of his chin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying, bless his heart. But yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that would just make almost the reveal about uh, was it, uh, Dr. K or Mr. Weinstock you know, even more jarring if you had this, mm -hmm. oh, well, obviously he's not Santa, so that more clearly puts Dr. K in the doctor, as it were, position, so then that reveal could be uh, pretty shocking at the end of like, oh, wait a minute, he's Kris Kringle too. No, I don't know what to believe. Right. Do I even believe it? <laughs> yeah, so, so, I think it'd be interesting. Is there, oh, sorry, were you going to say something, Joe? I just enjoy this, this face-off take. Or this uh, Fight Club take of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Face Off take, but I'm both uh, on Christmas, so sorry. I know, you know where I thought it was going, uh, toward the middle was, you know, the doctors here trying to get you to admit that you're, uh, you know, reliving childhood trauma, and you start questioning him, and going to get him to re reveal, acknowledge that he actually is Santa and feels guilty about disappointing Santa. Oh, oh yeah, I see. So that would have been a, also a kind of oppositional fight club kind of mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, too, if at some point, um, it, it's on, I mean, if he is wearing the fake beard, as it were, if he, if he was wearing, like, the Santa hat and um, Santa suit, if maybe, like, the, the coat of the Santa suit comes off, and Dr. K takes it. The hat comes off and Dr. K takes it. As though he's like trying to help saw through it when oh. in reality he's oh, like, yeah, I'm going to take like this yeah. and I'm going to... <laughs> that, that ties into uh, the next question that I have because I feel like in reading this that after, uh, after Saul exits and Dr. K has this minute to himself that he has to go through some kind of transition yeah. uh, before he really starts talking on that phone, mm. uh, you know, this could be a this could be a an obvious physical transition, right? So if he's taken that hat and he's taken that coat, then he could throw it on himself or something along those lines. But I wonder, uh, Jim, since you were reading for uh, Doctor K slash Mister Weinstock, is there anything that, you, that springs to mind that might be a uh, might be a, a transition for the audience to see after he walks out the door? Well, clearly become more uh, active and agitated. He's playing this. Uh, not exactly calm, but uh, rational doctor role, and then mm -hmm. he's going to jump into, oh my god, I'm going to get on my sled and uh, get the schedule worked out and gather my toys and all, and so forth. So he'll be jumping around in the room, I suppose, and, yeah. and changing clothes. I do, I really, I really do like the idea of him taking the individual items as he's going over this, Liz, <laughs> and then... And then perhaps throwing them, you know, hooking, <laughs> hooking the beard over his ears, you know, uh, being ready when Dr. Ramos comes back in. Yeah. Or if this is a, if part of a larger play between these two men constantly competing to be Santa <laughs> in the mental <laughs> institutes, I would also enjoy... Amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> they're kind of constantly vying with one Almost another. Almost like a fade of farce, like one door slam, they come along and it's like... Fighting over the head. Yeah. <laughs> but we get, but we, we come back to, I think, what is the principal question here at the end of the play, and it's been alluded to already. Who, if anyone here, is actually Santa. What do you think, Joe? None of them. Merry Christmas! <laughs> That's not real! Merry Christmas! <laughs> um. Santa is in our hearts, kids. Santa is in our hearts. 
No, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a, it's a tough call on this one. Uh, obviously, my heart is kind of in Saul being the, the real one, but um, that, that kind of takes the initial cold read commitment of what I'm doing with how sure. I'm reading it versus uh, otherwise. I'm, Anything different that you, any choices you make different on a second round? Oh, absolutely. Um, especially with the name, you know, because the first thing that, that jumps out is you're playing Santa, but you have this very, you know, seemingly stereotypical Jewish name. So what is that trying to say? Do, do you steer into that? Is that kind of uh -huh. a joke? Um, you know, I, I think that that would be a very interesting thing to see a very Jewish Santa and still have him be the real one at the conclusion of Dr. it. Dr. K is Mr. Weinstein. Yeah. Yes, and we see that being the name that that was that he drops, he that dro he uh, projects onto Saul earlier on. Yeah, he um, uh, he's. I think it's pretty. I think I think it's pretty clear, you know, in looking back on it, when we were outside of that moment, that he's talking about his parents. Doctor K is talking about his parents and missing all of that. Mm. So <laughs> he's talking about um, Saul uh, having missed out on this in his childhood and projecting that onto his present, but in reality. That's what's going on here. So I think my I think my vote would be if one of these is actually Santa, then it's going to be Saul. Yeah, especially since with the setup of a psych you know a psychiatrist's office and the lines at the beginning, you can have a man who looks or sounds like Santa because you have the set and the first few lines telling you that oh this is what's really going on to mm -hmm. kind of show you uh, throw you off on that red herring, but. But again, that's I'm kind of biased in that opinion. Great. Well, I want to thank you all for uh, joining us this week and reading Psycho Santa. Uh, we want to make sure that we thank Vivian, Vivian C. Lerman for her awesome play. Thank you very much, Vivian. And of course, we want to thank Lauren Watkins and Zodiac Productions, our thank sound technician. Thank you, Lauren. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you get a brand new play every week at 12.01 a.m. on Monday, just like it is today on this Christmas Monday. And if you uh, have the time, we sure would appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Podbean if you would prefer. We uh, hope that you will, and we'll listen, listen to you. No, you'll listen to us <laughs> next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>